There you are. Welcome to 400 Words of Horror. Welcome, welcome to my horror haven. First things first, you have to remember that you are here by your own volition. These stories are here to spook you with fun, so listener discretion is advised and feel free to leave if today's stories are not for you. Oh, you're still here. That is great to see. I mean, I would be totally fine if you were gone, but I'm glad that you're here with me today. Doesn't it feel great to be here? We are here, kicking the existence on its bum through the odds of life. Sometimes you have to appreciate all the days you survived, especially when surviving is hard as it is. And sometimes living can be harder than surviving. Well, at least it is in this story, so shall we begin? Yesterday, I woke up and a statue was watching me. Hello, I said to the statue. The statue said nothing. Do you have the time? I said to the statue. The statue said nothing. When do you think the world will end? I said to the statue. The statue said nothing. Ugh, it's like talking to a brick wall. I said to the statue. In a shockingly accurate impression of a brick wall, the statue said nothing. The statue was, regrettably, not made of brick. Maybe the statue would respond if it was made of brick. Maybe the statue would leave if it was made of brick. I could take it apart piece by piece and finally make some damn progress in my life. Hey, what are you made of anyways? I asked the statue. You could probably guess its response. I let my head fall back onto my pillow, closed my eyes, and sighed. That was not the first appearance of the statue. It's been with me all of my life. I sometimes wonder if anyone else has this immovable, amorphous block of stone sitting beside them. No, wait, that's stupid. You'd hear about that in, like, the news, right? Statues ominously standing over people while they sleep. Or maybe people just don't talk about it. I rolled over to face the statue. Its shape had shifted to stretch across the length of the bed. Its previously human form now distorted and unrecognizable. Cold stone. Oh, so now you're a wall. Maybe you can hear me. Yeah, still no response. I went back to sleep. I dreamt of it standing over me, emotionless, eyes of carved masonry staring. I cried as it watched me. I always cried in my dreams when it was there. The statue said nothing. Why would it? It was made of stone. It couldn't breathe. Its weight upon me. The eyes, the stone, the stillness. 
Why didn't it move with its stone hands capable of holding me? I was crying. Why didn't it move? I asked it to. No response. Never a response. An expanse between me and it. The gap breathed, inviting in a nothingness. I reached out to touch it and... The remnants of my dream clung to me as I opened my eyes. I rolled over and stared back at the statue. I wanted to scream at it. I wanted its sympathy. I had felt myself screaming in the dream. I felt that dream clawing up my throat. Climbing its way out of my larynx, tearing, pulling at the walls it was trapped in. I stayed silent. The dream remained trapped within my throat unable to break free into the waking world. Was I going to become a statue? Motionless, unable to speak? Tears fell from my eyes, unbidden. The statue did not move. I tried to get up. I wanted to prove that I wasn't a statue, that it couldn't stop me. Once again, it stretched into that impenetrable wall. I reached out and touched it. Cold. Unfeeling. They say that stone feels cold, not because it's a lower temperature, but because it sucks the warmth from your fingers. I scaled the wall. With every handhold and step, I felt the warmth drain from me, sucked into the stone. It was cold because it took that from me. It was cold. It attempted to warm itself up. I finally reached the zenith and climbed up over it, chilled to the bone. It sapped me of my energy, but I needed to get out. I couldn't stay in bed all day. I couldn't let it trap me any longer. With that thought, the wall shrunk back into a statue, its face impassive, gray, sculpted eyes staring. I stared back. Turning my back to the statue, I set on about my day. It followed me, footstep by footstep. But I would never see it move. I would never feel the warmth it took from me. It took me everything I had to get through the day. I felt myself disintegrating. It had taken everything from me. I wanted to become one with the floor to melt into the cracks between the sidewalk into the void that called for my touch. Despite the statue's pressure, I stayed standing. I could lay down when I was home. I could let myself fall into those horrid nightmares. Hey, I could lay on the sidewalk in my dreams. That thought kept me going. Today when I woke up, the statue was gone. I lay on my back, facing the ceiling. This was not the first time the statue had left me. It would return. It always did. I was free for the time being, so I decided to make the most of it. You see, I can't move with the statue always hovering around me. I know to expect it, and it still manages to block me like some kind of professional goalkeeper. Dirty dishes? Nope, sorry. There's a massive and quite impressively sculpted chunk of rock in front of the sink. Laundry? Now this one actually might surprise you. 
the statue gets in the way. Of course it does. I've learned to find ways around it. It can't take up every space in the room. I got clever with it. I managed to sneak around it, do a couple dishes at a time. The statue stops me from folding my laundry, but it can't go inside the laundry. So I have two laundry baskets. One for clean clothes and one for dirty clothes. The statue sometimes stays behind when I leave my house, but I'd have to get out of the house in the first place, and half the time it blocks the door. The other half, well, I don't want to leave. But hey, today's the day I'll get things done. The statue isn't here, which means I can do whatever I want. Judging by the past few times this has happened, I'll probably have a week or so before it returns. I can go out, I can cook dinner, I can finally catch up on some reading. I can do more than that, though. More and more and more. There's always more to be done. I mean, I don't know when it'll be back, so I have to do more. Spend every inch of time I have working, living in anticipation of the weight of those eyes. That's normal, right? I spend a lot of time wondering what's normal. I mean, I'm pretty damn sure people don't have a six-foot-tall figure of an unidentifiable material hovering around them all the time. But I can't stop wondering if they do. Maybe everyone has to climb over a wall in the morning, and I'm just making up excuses. That sounds kind of stupid when I say it out loud, but that doesn't stop me from thinking. After all, it goes away sometimes, and maybe one day that'll mean it's gone forever. What really scares me is that I think the statue has become a comfort. I know, I know, it haunts my dreams, it follows my every movement. How could that be comfortable? But in a way, I don't want it to go away. I can convince myself that the days I don't go outside are because it will block the door. I can scream at it in my dreams in a way I can't when I'm awake. Carrying its weight is exhausting, but that just means I get a good night's rest, right? When it's gone, the rebound is electrifying. I lay awake with eyes open, wondering all about what I might do the next day. It's nice getting stuff done, but I wonder if I'm really going about it right. I'm going to try to sleep tonight, but I'm not sure I will. Maybe the statue will return tomorrow, and maybe it won't. Either way, I'll keep persisting. I should name it. It's been quite tiresome calling it the statue all this time. Perhaps if I named it, I could find someone else with a statue of their own. We have been on survival mode for so long that it makes us forget that you survived to live. Living and surviving are not the same thing after all. You should grab life with your claws, hanging into it hard, and let yourself be the one who lived. Life is so short to just survive. Sure, we do not feel aging, but we do with every second passing. And even I age, yes, even I age. Aging is a reminder to live and not just survive. How about we listen to another story instead of listening to me?
He stood in front of me, skin tightly wrapping around his bones, colored in blood. He was beautiful. Beautiful in a way that carnage is. Fascinating might be a better word. In contrast to his appearance was a silver locket hanging from his neck, shining as if freshly polished. I would have given it more thought, but I remembered that I was supposed to be hiding from this fascinating creature, and I was doing a bad job at hiding. But his empty sockets, where his eyes should have been, seemed to stare at something I couldn't see from my hiding spot. As I stared at the creature, wonder and fear did battle in my mind. Wonder won. He was staring at something, and I wanted to know what. I crawled out from my hiding spot, trying to make sense of it all. My heart was beating in every part of my body. I could see the creature again, and the thing he gave all his attention to. There was another human, though human might be a generous term. They used to be human at one point for sure. The creature was studying the being, and now so was I. What had happened to this being? What turned them into this? What sin did they commit? What used to be clothing was hanging in loose shreds from their body, and I could swear it was becoming one with the skin in some places. They reminded me of a duckling, moments before turning into a swan. They reminded me of the creature. The creature that was staring at them with its empty eyes. They had dried blood at one of their ears, if you could still call what was underneath it an ear. They seemed to be in great pain. If I were able to correctly read facial expressions, the creatures seemed to be pitying them. The whole scene, an oil painting, created by an artist intoxicated by religious symbolism. But this painting was real, and the being was staring directly into my eyes. The world stopped, and I think my heart did too. For a moment, it was as if the creature no longer existed. It was only me and the being. I felt helpless, like a lamb in front of a slaughterhouse. Their bloodshot, dark eyes were looking into mine. They felt familiar. I thought for sure that I knew them. Maybe my brain was just seeing patterns, but there was something about them. I couldn't shake that feeling of familiarity. Then their eyes widened, and the being stared at me in horror. They started to shout. It sounded like a wild animal imitating a human. And then I realized the being wasn't the only thing that was aware of my presence. The creature was now staring at me, too. He turned his head, and I could see red scar tissue where his ear used to be. He stared at me with his black, empty sockets and charged at me. I closed my eyes and an eternity passed until I felt a stinging pain the side of my head. Warm blood flowed down my side where my ear used to be 
and the ringing merged with the pain into a deafening roar. I fell backwards and the creature towered over me. When I looked down at myself, I wore the silver locket. My silver locket. Shining good as new. It was mine. It had always been mine. When I looked back up, I was the only creature to be found. We change skins over time and sometimes become the very monster we feared as a child. But time shows us that not all monsters we believed as a youngling is bad. Sometimes it is okay to be the monster you were afraid to become as long as you find out what that means for you. Well, at least I am happy as the monster I am and I hope you are happy with yours. Why don't we just celebrate today, being the monsters that we are, and by living today? This has been 400 Words of Horror, a bi-weekly horror-themed anthology podcast made by audio drama enthusiasts who wanted to get started as creators. The show is produced by Jem Iden and Lissa J, and it is sound designed and edited by our one and only Jem Iden. They also voice the lovely Haven, who we all simp for a little bit. <laughs> the story Untitled, and yes, the title is Untitled, don't even worry about it, is written by Elaine. It is edited by Jem Iden and Lissa J, and it is performed by our one and only Prax Kilowatts. Our story, Pain of Aging, is written by Eli Schwartz, and it is edited by Jem Iden, Just Jenna, and Prax Kilowatts. It is performed by Leo B. Moss. Yay! We're really excited to give our newbies a chance to shine this week. As you can see, they absolutely killed it. Not that there was any doubt. All of the sounds we used this week came from Free Sounds. As per usual, you can find the links to those in the episode document, along with transcripts and our full cast and crew. Of course, the coolest of cool people can be found over on our Patreon at patreon.com slash 400 words of horror. If you want really cool bonus content like behind the scenes content, bloopers, um, me memeing and not explaining it, um, that's all there for you. You can enjoy it. Add free episodes too. Um, we also really love interacting with the community on there. So feedback, if you want us to hear it, that's definitely the number one place for it. We have lovely patrons like Just Jenna, Henchman G, Jen W, Saza, and cake without them we would be nothing kind of kidding but also not kidding if you don't want to commit or you can't swing a monthly subscription absolutely no shame no blame we get it we've been there you can always donate over on our ko-fi as well however much you're willing and that is ko-fi.com 400 words horror we appreciate it immensely and all of the funds that we make over on the patreon and the ko-fi go right to funding equipment and cool opportunities for the people here at uh, 400 words of horror word of mouth though still remains to be the absolute best way to support us so if you can't swing financially supporting that is totally okay go ahead and tell a friend tweet about us on the twitters 
or Blue Sky. I don't know what you call it on Blue Sky. I guess post about us on Blue Sky. Um, that works too. Whatever works for you works for us. We appreciate it immensely. As for our social media, we've got Blue Sky. We've got Twitter. We've got Tumblr. You name it. Tell us about it. We'll make an account on it. We love using social media to connect with people and share all of our shenanigans and our fun stuff. Um, there have been some very exciting announcements over on our Twitter recently. Um, and I'm only going to plug this because I feel like... <laughs> Jem and the rest of the cast would be mad at me if I didn't. Um, I recently got cast in the podcast Wobegon, which is kind of insane to me, and I'm still processing it. Uh, it is such a special honor for me. That show holds a really special place in all of our hearts here at 400 Words of Horror. If it weren't for that community, none of us would have met, and 400 Words of Horror never would have happened. So I can't recommend it enough. It is such a good show. If you're into time travel, sci-fi, if you're into weirdly violent, mysterious online games, and lovable horrible blorbo characters <laughs> it is such a good show you will not be disappointed and there's lots of content you only have to listen to 134 episodes before you get to me um <laughs> it'll go by like a blast i promise thank you guys so so much for listening to 400 words of horror it means a, the world to us that you guys give us your time and your ears we love making this show and we hope you guys really enjoy it and we'll be back in a few weeks with some more content for you guys your special reward for getting this far in the outro is me telling you that we have some very fun stuff planned for next episode. No spoilers, but it's worth a listen. So we'll see you guys in a few weeks. Bye bye. <laughs>